Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Inside the Studio, presented by iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Joe Levy. So the guest on this episode of the home edition of the show, Jimmy Allen, says that one of the hardest things about life in quarantine is being in the same place for more than a couple of days at a time. And I think even those of us who are not touring country musicians probably know exactly what he means. But Jimmy also says there's a sense in which quarantine was a blessing in disguise because when things slowed down, he was able to land a pretty remarkable set of guests for his new EP, which is called Betty James. And those guests include people like Tim McGraw, Brad Paisley, and on a track called Why Things Happen, both Darius Rucker and Charlie Pride. We started the home edition of the show to let you know how these times were impacting the way that artists make music and how they're coping with life in lockdown. And Jimmy shares some personal lessons that he's learned along the way that that are really moving. So if you enjoy this episode, be sure to listen to the iHeartRadio podcast hosted by our quarantine correspondent, Jordan Runtog. It's called Rivals, Music's Greatest Feuds, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. My name is Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. My guest today is one of my favorite country music success stories. He went from working three jobs and sleeping in his car to earning a pair of back-to-back number ones on the country airplay charts. Best shot and make me want to. Now he's assembled an artistic dream team for his new EP, Betty James. The seven-track collaborative collection features songs with Brad Paisley, Tim McGraw, Charlie Pride, the Oak Ridge Boys, Darius Rucker. The list just goes on and on. We're going to talk all about that, his life in quarantine, and uh, I'll probably slip a Disney World question in there, too. What the hell? Jimmy Allen, thank you so much for taking the time. It's a real pleasure. Oh, man, no problem. Thanks for uh, letting me do this. I'm glad oh, I'm, I'm, I'm worth a little something that people want to spend time talking to me. Oh, man, absolutely. I got, I got so many questions for you. I want to talk about life in quarantine. Probably slip a Disney World question in there, too. You never know. But uh, oh, yeah. 
But this EP is incredible. Betty James, you, you've got you've got everybody on there. You've got Brad Paisley, you've got Tim McGraw, you've got Charlie Pride, you've got the Oak Ridge Boys, Darius Rucker. The list just goes on and on. This has got to be like a childhood dream for you come true, right? Man, it is a childhood dream. I remember being a kid uh, wanting to do a song with Charlie and Darius together, you know, because at the time, you know, Darius... Darius was the lead singer of the, one of the biggest rock bands of all time. But yeah, man, it was a, it was a dream come true, man. And, and for me, it was just crazy that these artists would even want to, you know, waste their time. <laughs> Not waste their time, but take their time to do something with me, you know? Really? You're surprised by that? Yeah, man. Like, I only got two singles on, on out, you know? I had my little project out. But these, these, these artists are legends, you know? And... Oh no, man! It was just a, it was a, it was a wow moment for sure. It was a, a definitely a, I can't believe this is happening sort of thing. Oh man! Now, what was the process like recording this? I imagine they did their vocals separately in isolation, and then and then sent them over, or yeah. So, me and uh, Nelly were actually in the same place because we wrote it before quarantine, uh, and then Mickey Guyton recorded her vocals before quarantine, and then. Darius, the Oak Ridge Boys, you know, Rita Wilson, Tarn Wells, Brad and Tim all did their vocals during quarantine. So quarantine was kind of like a blessing in disguise because I don't know if I could have tracked all these people down if they were <laughs> if they were still touring. I'm bummed for your sake because you're, you're doing an album of duets with some of your heroes. I wish you were able to, like, be next to them in the studio. I know. We want to get some behind-the-scenes footage one day. We'll probably go back Ooh. in and, like, fake do some stuff, you know, so we could just have it. I think it would be cool. And I got some footage of me, Brad, and Tim, and Darius, and we are at Brad's house, like, just playing around on the guitars and stuff like that. So I'm sure we can incorporate that somehow. Oh, man, I would love to see that. I mean, Nashville is such a collaborative place. What made you decide to go big and make the whole EP a collaborative effort? So I plan a lot of things out. And my plan from day one was, okay, I want to get Best Shot the number one. And then I want to put out my first album with no features at all. Just to, because it was just something I, I just wanted to do. When I said my second one, I said, I want to do an album, EP, album, EP. An EP could be whether it's three songs or five or six or whatever. But I wanted my first one to be a collab one. Because I actually got a song with Wyclef recorded, but there's a bunch of stuff that we couldn't get done in time to get on the project. So I'm still sitting on that Wyclef song. So hopefully one day we, 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 can get, we can get that out there. But it's just something I wanted to do because collaboration happens all through the music process and it normally stops when it gets to the artist because you figure when you write the song, most songs, 90% of songs are co-written. You know, you got producers, you got players, you got so many people that collaborate to make the project what it is. I said, well, let's just take it all the way to the delivery to where you have different artists come in and, 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 uh, and sing it to where the package, the finished package, start to finish, is just a full collaboration of people. Now, when you wrote some of these songs, did you have the, the your collaborators in mind when you were working on them? Or did you kind of almost cast it later, like you cast a movie? I kind of cast it later. You know, like me and Nelly and my buddy Zach Kale wrote Good Times Roll together. But the rest of the songs, I, after I got them, there was a few that were pitched to me and the other ones I wrote. I just lived with it for a while and I started hearing a different artist's voice on the song. You know, I remember the one with Darius and Charlie. I uh, actually pitched another song first to Darius, and he was like, 
I love this song, but I don't know if our first song out should be a drinking song. You know, he was like, <laughs> I want to, you know, he said, because it's a, it's a moment in history, because I think me and Mickey were the first ever recorded country duo with two black country artists. And I think wow. me, Charlie, and Darius were the first ever trio with three black country artists. So he was like, we need to say something. So I wrote Why Things Happen with my bass player Tate, Carrie Barlow, and Brandon Day the day after Kobe died. Um, and then we were in Amsterdam in March playing a show with Darius and in Berlin. And I played on Why Things Happen. And he was like, that's the song. I mean, it's an incredible song. You got three generations in there. I mean, it's hard to write yeah. a song that works for, you know, that transcends anything. But to work on, on three different generations of, of artists, that's, that's really something special. Man, it's crazy. I still can't believe it happened. I can't believe I got all these artists to say yes and then do it, you know? Because getting somebody to say yes and getting them to do it are two completely different things. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> how many how many times you done told people yes and you ain't do it? Like, man, you want to come over and have a barbecue? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. When are you coming? Ah, about that. <laughs> I'll be there later. Be there later. Oh, you exactly. didn't see me? Oh, I stopped by. You didn't see me? Man, I stopped by. I ain't know where to park, and it was crazy. You know, and <laughs> the baby's crying, the dogs are crying. I had to get home. Oh man, I mean, I'm just, I'm so glad for for all of our sakes. They all said yes because the results are amazing. I mean, I, I gotta ask Charlie Pride, what was it like working with him? I mean, what does he mean to you? Just as like a, as a, as a when you were a younger artist, like did you look up to him in a major way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, oh. Charlie. Cause you figure I remember being a kid with my grandma and my dad listening to Charlie Pride and. You know, when he first came out, I think it was like the 60s and 70s. And, you know, this guy is a black guy getting number ones in country music while black people were still getting hosed down in the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what, what this guy did, you know, for not only for country music, but also artists that looked like me, man, he really showed that if he could make this happen, then... Yes, there's still obstacles and stuff that you have to overcome. Uh, but if he can do it, man, there's no excuse for us to quit. There's no excuse, man. You mentioned your grandmother and your father. Talk about the the name of the album, Betty James. I know it's named for two big influences on your life. Yeah, yeah. So my grandma died in 2014, and uh, my dad died September of 2019. And, you know, growing up with my pops, man, all he listened to was country music. He was uh, he was a redneck for sure. I, I I finally accepted the fact that my dad was a redneck. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and my grandma, you know, quiet, church-going lady. Um, my dad always taught me to take risk, to be yourself and take risk. And my grandma always taught me to be patient, you know. So I, I wanted to start to leave a trail of their legacy through my music. You know, it's super important to me. Because when I create music, I don't, I don't think in my head, this is a number one song. People are like it. I create for me, you know, what I love. Like, what's special to me? Because at the end of the day, I feel like that's what makes music special. You know, you create what, what matters to you. And then along the way, you find people who are like-minded and like-hearted. And, and that's what the connection is, you know? Um, so... I wanted to take risk and do this collaboration project. Uh, even though it's a bunch of people told me, oh, it's too soon. You won't be able to get no artist on it and da, da, da. Yeah. 
but I had to take a risk, but at the same time still be patient in writing the songs and finding the right artists for those songs. I mean, I'm, I'm sure this EP took care of most of your bucket list collaborations, but is there anyone else left out mm-hmm. there that, that you still want to do a song with? I know you mentioned Shania Twain in the past. Yeah, Sh- Shania Twain, Reba, uh, Rob Thomas, uh, Ooh, Adele. Big Matchbox 20 fan. Huge Matchbox 20 fan. I'm actually... I'm actually writing with Rob in a couple of days. No way. Who else? Uh, Ryan Tedder from One Republic. Man, that's a lot, man. I want to do something with Keith. Uh, Love Brothers Osborne. It's just it's so many, man. So many people that I want to work with that I'm going to try to make it happen. I want to do. I know this is crazy and it might never happen, but I want to get Jay Z on a song. Yeah. I want to get Usher on a song. <laughs> you know, just so many people. Oh, man. I mean, you mentioned having a session with Rob Thomas in a couple of days. Are, are you feeling productive in, in quarantine? Yeah, man. I've actually had time to work on a lot of my side projects. Like, I signed a book deal, working on a kid's book right now. Uh, I started a publishing company. I uh, signed my bass player, Tate. Uh, I'm working on a TV show right now, a talk show, uh, with me and uh, Kathy Lee Gifford. Uh, working on a movie. Uh of my life right now with a guy named Brandon Camp who did like Love Actually and stuff like that. Uh, I'm working on, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a network slash media outlet that's interested in me doing this 15 part comedy series to where they, each one is a different subject. And I just, cause I did stand up comedy in college and I just get on each subject and just rant and talk jokes. Um, you know, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to start this uh, septic company. I'm trying to start this uh, transportation company. It's a bunch of different stuff that I've actually had time during this quarantine to like do. So I'm like, let's just do it. Wait, that's I'm just, my my mouth is hanging open right now. That is the most productive quarantine I have ever heard. That's like <laughs> several people's lives right there. That's I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, so the the movie of your life. I mean, you you writing the script for it or? Yeah, this guy named Brandon Camp, who did, like, Love Actually and a bunch of other movies. I uh, met him through my agent. And we just started talking, tell, told him about my story and everything. And he was like, how's this not been captured? I was like, I don't know. Let's do something with it. <laughs> do you want to be you? Do you want to cast somebody? Who, if you had to cast somebody as you, who would you cast? Well, since I want to get into television, I'm going to play the older me, like, post-college on, younger me, I know the kid me, I'm going to have my son play it. And then, like, that middle teenage years, I'm not sure yet. And then uh, the plan is to cast, like, one or two A-list actors around me to kind of really help sell the movie. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just trying to trying to figure that out, get somebody to play my best friend. I would love if I could get Samuel Jackson to, like, play my dad. Oh, I think man, that would be cool. That would be amazing. Because my dad low-key looks like Samuel Jackson. <laughs> oh, man, I mean, you, you got to ask. I mean, the same, if you ask everybody to be on the EP, you got to ask Samuel Jackson to be in your movie, man. All they can say is no. Right, yeah. Oh, that now is... I've heard no a lot. <laughs> a whole lot. <laughs> Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. 
Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I mean, your story really is incredible. You, you, you came to Nashville, what, 20? 2007. Working three jobs, sleeping in your car for a while, and then you got back-to-back number one songs on the country airplay charts. Like, that's incredible. Like, that perseverance is, you don't see that, you know? Yeah, man. I, I, I am, I don't know. I just tried to picture myself not doing music. And even though I'm all about when you're chasing a dream, you got a family, I had a, had a son at the time. You know, he's six now, but when I was first starting off, you know, he was a newborn. And as a parent, you chase your dream, but you still have to do whatever it takes to provide for your family because it's, your kids shouldn't have to sacrifice, you know, eating or getting clothes or going on vacation just because you got this dream you're chasing. And I remember I was a server at the time and I worked at Walmart for a little bit and uh, I would pick up extra jobs just to make sure we had enough money to go to Disney World two or three times a year because that's what he wanted to do. So, you know, get it done. Was there a moment when you knew, okay, this is actually going to work out? We're, we're good now? This music thing is, is really going to happen? Yeah, I. the crazy thing is I'm definitely a lunatic to where I've, I always knew it would happen. You know, I didn't know when and I didn't know how, but I knew it would. And I was going to this writer's round at Puckett's Grocery Store in Franklin, Tennessee. It's a grocery store, a restaurant, and a music venue. Whoa. And I got a call that said, hey, I got this opening at this writer's round. 
would you want to fill in? And I say, yeah, because my dad always told me, always make yourself available. And I was like, all right, I'll at least get to play some songs. I make $200 and I get a free meal. Let's do it. And that's where I met Ash Bowers, uh, the guy that signed me to a publishing deal. Uh, and now he's my, he's, my, he's my manager now. So many great messages in your life and in your music. I, one of the tracks on your EP, uh, When This Is Over, I, I thought just had a really beautiful message. I mean, the lines, when this is over, I hope I take a little less for granted. I hope I'm a little more understanding when some things don't make sense. What are some big lessons you've learned throughout quarantine and, and the pandemic? I know it's been, it's been troubling for many reasons. I've learned life is short. Do what you love, love who you love and do not listen to the opinions of other people. Never let someone else's opinion stop you from being the person you want to be. Because at the end of the day, the only opinion that matters is your own. Yeah. That's it. You know, I've seen so many people make career changes during quarantine and everything. Because you realize life is short, man. Like, why are you just waiting around uh, for other people to tell you what's okay for you to do instead of you just chasing it? What's been the hardest thing about quarantine for you? Being in one place. Yeah. Longer than four days. Because I'm used to every two days going somewhere else. So we've actually been taking the tour bus back and forth from Delaware to Nashville to Florida so I can go fish. Oh, man. I saw so you had me, those tunas, these blue, those, uh, yellow fans, yeah, right? Man. I saw those on, on uh, those Instagram. Are, yeah, uh, we uh, we went to uh, Delaware. We're actually going to Delaware in a couple of days again so I can go fishing. And then we go to Florida a lot. We go to, a lot of people go to like, you know, 30A and stuff. We go to we go to real Florida. We go to like Orlando, Tampa, and real Florida. And to me, that the Panhandle, that's Alabama. That's Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and of course, you got Disney down there too. That's that's also real Dude. Florida. Wait, talk to me about oh, Disney for a minute. I, how many times have you been there? I know it's pushing 50. Man, I've been to Disney at least seven times a year, every year. The, since 2015. Whoa. And 2013, 2014, 2012, I went about four times. Is this for your son or, or for you or for both? Oh, for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's for me. I love it. Luckily, my son loves it. My fiance likes it. I think she tolerates it more because I love it. But we start going so much, I think she's starting to like love it now too. I love that place, man. It's because for me, it represents more than the mouse. It represents perseverance. You know, when you think of Walt and how he could have just quit after his first character, Oswald, got stolen. Yeah. He kept going. You know, this guy had nothing. He literally bet it all himself. And it worked out, you know. Um, and it's just, that's why I go to think, man. There's, there's no other place to think and just feel pure innocence and the future impossibility and then just surrounding yourself when I go there with my son and you see all these other kids and they're happy and they have no care in the world. Like once you enter those gates of Disney, everything else, all the nonsense in your life doesn't matter, man. It just disappears, you know? And for me, that's where I go to think and plan and just enjoy life, you know, with, you know, people that I care about. When you're, when you're not thinking, do you have a favorite ride there? You, oh yeah. You just feel like screaming. So I'm a classic, I'm a classic Disney fan. So my favorite attraction is actually Carousel of Progress. It's at Magic Kingdom in in Tomorrowland over by Buzz Lightyear. Right, right. The thing you sit around and go, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining. At so I love that. I love uh, 
Tomorrowland Speedway, uh, Epcot. I love Test Track and uh, 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 what else do I love? Man, Figment's imagination thing is cool. It's cheesy as I don't know what, but I love it. Little purple uh, dragon. Yep. At Animal Kingdom, I love when well, they got Avatar there now, which is money. Whoa. They got Star Wars Land there now at Hollywood Studios. So, yeah, I'm all about my Disney, bro. Oh, man. And there's so much other stuff to do there. Like, you can, they got fishing guys there that'll take you out bass fishing. You used to be able to parasail, go horseback riding. It's a bunch of stuff to do. Wow, I, yeah, I haven't been since I was a kid. I definitely gotta gotta see it with with adult eyes now. Oh, you gotta go back yeah. as an adult, especially Epcot. You can get your drink on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all around the world. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I mean, and what I love is they actually have people from those actual countries working there. I didn't realize that. Like when you go to Germany, those are people from Germany work because I think they come over like six months at a time. I know you became a father again in March. I guess. I, Probably haven't had a chance to take your, your your new daughter down there yet. Man, what well, the crazy thing is, when quarantine started, we went to my daughter was born in the first, the same day. Uh, make me want to with number one. Oh man! Uh, two days later, there was tornadoes in Nashville, so I had to leave to go to Germany. So my tour bus driver took uh, my fiance, my daughter, and my. Uh, Beyonce's mom to Florida because her parents have a house in Florida. So when I came back in March, they were still in Florida. So we went to Disney a couple days. We just didn't post any pictures on social media because we didn't want to look like bad parents. Because <laughs> I got back on like the 13th and Disney was open to the 20th. I said, oh, we going. <laughs> so we went. But we got one of those VIP tour guides to where, you know, we getting waiting lines. We kind of went around the back and they drove us from park to park. So, Oh, man. So she's been... She went to Disney at three weeks old. First of many. Mm, first of many. She's already got a bunch of Disney princess dresses and everything. Oh, man. Well, I know you, you had a, a wedding on the books for this summer, too, right? What's the, the yeah. latest with that? How's the, the planning for that? Pushed it to next year. Yeah. Pushed it to next year. Like, we, I think I, I proposed at Disney World. We had the baby reveal at Disney World, the, uh, the gender reveal thing at Disney World. Everybody's like, you get married at Disney World? No, but I thought about it. I nice. thought about it. Are you uh, are you going to sing at the wedding and thinking of writing any songs no. for the wedding? No. Nah, I'm not going to sing at the wedding. I just wanted to, I don't know. I, to me, I just think it's cheesy when the groom sings, especially <laughs> since I'm a singer. Now, if I didn't sing for a living. You got to charge would, people tickets. Be, yeah, I just wanted to be different and special. Yeah. You know, and I could write her a song and sing it then, but I just don't want that day to be like any other day. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. 
There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I meant to mention this earlier, uh, a really cool thing I thought on, on social media, you know, I mean, the quarantine and the pandemic's been tough on everybody, but especially for people who, who struggle with mental illness. And you shared a song that touched on your own battle. I thought that was really amazing. What words do you have for those right now who are struggling internally with sort of their own inner demons and inner battle right now? Find your center. Yeah. You know, find what it is in life that motivates you. Find your reason why, whether it's someone in your family, uh, a dream you're chasing. Find whatever it is and really focus on that. Uh, that's what helped me. I, I took medication when I was younger for a little bit, but it kind of killed my creative vibe. So I, uh, touring helped me a lot. Uh, just being out, meeting people, touring. But then when this whole quarantine stopped and that was taken away, like my medication, I had to find other stuff. So I dived, you know, I, you know, I got to be around my fiance and my son and my daughter helped a lot, but also just the other side projects I'm doing yeah. really helped as well. What do you do when, when the, when the music's not coming, when you sit down to write a song and it's just, it's not happening for some reason, do you have a way to reset or, or do you just plow through it? No, I just don't work. I just don't write that day. Yeah. I just don't, I, I'm not the type to like, when the creative isn't coming, I don't force it. You know, I just say, hey, this ain't the day, fellas. You know, I'm gonna let y'all stick to it, but I'm out. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I don't want to waste their time or mine. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I've had plenty of rights like that where I had nothing, just wasn't in the mood. So I'll show up, I'll try. If there's nothing there, I'll leave, go home, uh, hang my family, play PlayStation, watch TV. And just reset. That's kind of how I reset. I just step away from it. Every day is another day. Mm-hmm. You mentioned so many projects. Is there anything that you're working on now musically that you're the most excited about? 
Yeah, I, I started working, started writing and choosing songs for my next album. Hopefully we'll put out next year. Um, just, just thinking about that, songs for it, kind of the direction I want to go. Because I like, I know there's some people that want their album to be sonically cohesive, where it kind of sounds the same. But me, I like when songs sound completely different. I don't want track two to sound like part two of track one, unless it's intentional. Yeah. You know, I I just, I don't know. I want every song to be a different moment, you know, a different feeling, a different vibe. Um, yeah. Uh, any, uh, do you think the Wyclef song will end up on that or? I hope so. I'm going to push for it and see if we can, see if we can make that happen. You got to ask Jay-Z and Shania and all those people too. You got to. Um, no, man. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but my, my, my final question, and I, I always ask this and I'm always so fascinated by everyone's uh, answers, though. I think I have a good idea what yours might be. If you could snap your fingers and have the pandemic be over, everything goes back to normal. What's the first thing you do? Trips you take, people you hug, restaurants to go eat at? I do a meet and greet. Yeah? I love meeting people. Nice. I do. Uh, and that's been the hardest thing for me uh, when it first started and even now, you know. Uh, when I see people and want to say hello, and, you know, uh, somebody wants to take a picture, you know. It's the hardest because for me, I would do it, but I think about, you know, my fiance and don't want to get her sick or my grandfather and stuff like that. But that's the first thing I would do, go do a meet and greet, a long one. <laughs> at Disney World. I was thinking you were going to say Disney World. Do the meet and greet at, at Disney World. Disney there World. you go. Oh, man, I'm going to Disney first week of August. Yeah? I had friends that were there yesterday. They said, it's, they said, Jimmy, you'll love it now, too. It's like not a lot of people there. <laughs> Super so. And, and I'm like, with Disney, if anybody's going to do social distancing right, it's going to be them. Yeah, that's true. You're right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be them. So people in the parks, they got their mask on. People are more than 20 feet away from each other. So I was like, you run into more people at Kroger at the grocery store than you do at Disney. Yeah. Oh, man. Jimmy Allen, thank you so much for your time today and your music. So appreciated. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio Home Edition, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio and other shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Kerry Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.